Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, welcome to the Out of Spec podcast. The Olympics are waning down, so we shift our attention once again to all things automotive. Um, I have with me Kyle Connor, of course, of Out of Spec, Ben Spreen, and Mike Breeling. And we're going to bring many topics to the attention, um, such as the Morgan Plus 4 CXT, mm-hmm. pretty much the coolest vehicle I've ever seen. Uh, Lamborghini Countach is coming alive again, theoretically. Um, and we've been driving some interesting things like the Nissan Frontier pre-production prototype. And um, Kyle has been in Moab. So let's start right off with what have we been driving? Um, I wanted to throw one thing in here really quick. Kyle, you bought the smart car, right? It's yours. Right. So we needed some electric car news up front. And so <laughs> the electric smart car that has been in videos for the last three years now, I think it's the longest I've ever owned a vehicle aside from my first <laughs> car uh, is now ours forever. It is officially purchased off of lease. Uh, we sort of had planned this for a long time, but uh, you know, I don't know if Mercedes would even accept it back uh, after <laughs> jumping it and, you know, putting it through its paces all the time. So now it's ours. It's here in Colorado with us. We're getting it actually registered in Colorado and uh, which is an amazing thing to have a car that's legally registered. And so looking forward to spending some time driving around the smart car here in town. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. I drove it to dinner tonight with my new hat and everyone laughed at me getting out of it. So that was well. <laughs> definitely a clown car with the hat on for sure. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you were also in Moab. What were you driving out there? 
Yeah, so the Moab trip was awesome. Uh, we had a Tesla Model 3 performance, my friend Drew's, that's lowered on uh, some aggressive wheels and tires. Martian wheels, actually. And uh, Drew owns Martian wheels. If you have a Tesla and interested in cool wheels, this is not a paid sponsorship. They're just awesome wheels. I have them on my car. They're great. Um, so we took the Model 3 out there. We took the, the Sprinter, our Winnebago Revel. Uh, which is one of those lifted four by four sprinter RV conversions and camped out in the most amazing or, you know, rural uh, Rocky desert environment stars lighting up the night is the craziest thing ever. Uh, saw hundreds of shooting stars uh, did a lot of off-roading as well. Took the revel actually to the sand dunes, got it stuck pretty bad in the sand dunes. <laughs> if you go back on, on my Twitter, you'll see a picture of this Jordan and we can share it with the audience watching here on YouTube. Uh, yeah, 10,000 pounds and sand don't mix, apparently. Yeah, if you go up, it was just up there. Yeah, it was just uh, there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. How far and, did you uh, make it into the sand dunes before getting stuck? Like 100 feet? So uh, I had actually been doing quite a few dunes, like going up and over them, like hitting them at like 40, and then it would bog down, but I'd like power through. So I was like doing full Saudi style, climbing these things. Um, and then... I went on one and then I remembered there was a steep drop off and I hesitated and then it just went <laughs> and we were, we were in deep two and a half hours and 110 degree Fahrenheit uh, trying to pull this thing out. Transmission oh temps were in the red. Uh, I mean, it was, <laughs> no one was happy. And I mean, I had a blast. Like that's what I live for getting things unstuck. That was really fun. But at the end of the day, it showed some serious weak points with the Sprinter. It wasn't a lack of traction. It wasn't a lack of ground clearance. Uh, it was a lack of torque at low speed. And I've had this issue with this van at altitude where you just sit at wide open throttle on the torque converter, you know, 12, 1500 RPM. It doesn't build enough boost to spin. So it wasn't even that the wheels were spinning in the sand. It physically didn't have enough power to spin the tires to get out. So we pulled it out with a Honda motorcycle and we had max tracks <laughs> under the tires. And eventually after just, I don't know how the torque converter is still in there, but it's in there somehow <laughs> we ripped it on out. So that was cool. But we did some serious off-roading uh, with a Can-Am Maverick RS, which is like a razor competitor. And we went yeah, up by Hell's Gate here. This was a wild experience. It took, you know, four attempts. We we're up on our side. Um, insane climb up of uh, Hell's Gate. Probably the most challenging off-roading I've ever done. But this thing just goes over anything. You just point it, juice it, and it goes. I was very impressed with this unit. Turbo uh, engine, similar to, like, the ones on the jet skis. 200 horsepower in this thing. It oh, ripped. Geez. It was awesome. That's a lot of power. Or something oh, of that yeah, size. It was crazy. I mean, you just you <laughs> nail it off the line, spins the tires. That uh, we had to sign so many forms about shredding belts because they make so much power that apparently they just destroy CVT belts. So, like, if you climb, you have to have it in low range and all this stuff. So, uh, we had a really good time with it, blasting through the dunes at maxed out speeds with four people. I mean, it just was incredible uh, to experience this thing. So we shot a whole video, of course, in Moab that will go live hopefully tomorrow on Out of Spec Motoring, maybe the next day. Um, you know, whenever you're listening to this podcast, it'll probably be on the YouTube channel or close to being uploaded. Really great time, though. Great friends, great alcohol, and a lot of fun driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks 
freaking awesome. Um, I've never been to Moab, but we're not that far away, really. Like, how far oh, was yeah, it? just a few hours. You could just pop down. It's great. Yeah. Not with I-70 being closed. For those who don't know, uh, Interstate 70 is broken in Glenwood Springs. The whole pass has just wiped the highway away. So our main corridor to the west. Ellie, sorry, my dog is freaking out over here. Uh, The main corridor (laughs) to the west is uh, closed, completely shut down. You have to go over three hours out of your way to go outside of Denver. So all of the truck traffic, car traffic are now diverted on these tiny mountain passes and it's just a disaster. And some of those are starting to close because of damage from the use. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, the roads are terrible. Awful. And wow, that yeah, sounds awful. I didn't anyway. even know about that. Yeah, I mean, this is the true pandemic going on here in Colorado, but uh, it's yeah. it's pretty wild. Slides. Can't go west. <laughs> um, and then lastly, you've had the frontier, which I wanted to talk about because you know we also had the Pathfinder in that same gorgeous green color. Um, is it the same color? I don't think it is. It's close. I, what was the but name I think the, of the Pathfinder's green? Um, I have to look at my notes somewhere, but it's, it was close. It because this was yeah. called Tactical Green Metallic, and I don't remember being as excited by the green name on the Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah. They, they're <laughs> both know, gorgeous, but Tactical sounds cooler. <laughs> it sounds awesome. I mean, this Well, Toyota track, has their Army Green. Army so. Green. It's basically Army Green. <laughs> Um, but Nissan's rendition. And you can copy my homework, but change it up a little bit. So no one knows. (laughs) Basically. So the color, Jordan, I don't know if you can pull up a picture of the frontier, but uh, we have some great shots of this thing. And so the, the frontier has uh, Nissan's midsize pickup truck. It's been on the market for 17 years in its current generation, something like this, a really long time. And, um, Finally, for 2022, there is a new one, which we got early access to thanks to our friends at Nissan. That was awesome. Uh, Timon and I did some off-roading. Lexi and I moved her house with the thing. Like We really put it through its paces and have to say, hugely impressive truck. I mean, I have spent quite a bit of time in Tacoma, and unfortunately, I didn't have a Tacoma to test side-by-side, at least with our initial uh, uh, tests of the Frontier. But we will soon, and yeah, this thing drove great, looked great, was the right size. You know, not perfect, had some issues with the steering uh, in particular. It wasn't that efficient on fuel, but right size, great driving dynamics, very quiet on the highway, all, all around a great truck. I will say just from looking at it, I really like it. Uh, more than the Tacoma, actually. I just think it wears the proportions a little better. So it's going to be really interesting to see both those trucks side by side in a proper comparison from from you out here. I wish I could yeah, well, be there for that. I really want to drive this one. That's going to be question. I mean, look, I came into this like, okay, the Tacoma is the 911, right? It's the choice. You just, if you want a sports yeah. car, you buy an elevator, buy a midsize truck, you buy a Tacoma. Uh, surprisingly, this is a better value on paper. This one was 44,000 maxed out, like as hard as you could go. And a TRD pro starts at 44 before options. So the pricing on this one sits in between TRD offered and TRD pro its capabilities are right in the middle. This is the pro four X trim, the offer trim. It is so good. It drives better than Tacoma. I don't care what anyone says. The Tacoma drives worse than this. No question. For what you do 90% of the time, which is sit on the highway or cruise around town, 
not off-roading, not carrying huge loads in a mid-sized truck, this by far drives better than the Tacoma. I think it I mean, looks just looking at this too. photo, yeah. I mean, the I'm not surprised it drives better. Yeah, so they put on hydraulic cab mounts, which are uh, reduced vibrations 80% from the previous generation, which is like, that doesn't mean anything because the previous generation was like an ox cart. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it basically, you don't feel a thing driving down the highway. It's amazing. It You know, most midsize trucks shake when you hit bumps and you feel this twisting of the chassis inherently over small undulations. There was a, a hint of it, but it was not very prevalent here. Uh, I thought the off-road capability with the locking diff was awesome. I'd had just the right approach and departure angle for this trail that we had selected, which was like extreme trail lifted four by fours only like ATVs recommended. And I just drove this thing up with, you know, zero off-roading experience. And so got to say, love, love this thing. And did not want to like it. I really just wanted to say <laughs> good effort still buy a Tacoma. Cause that'd be easy, but that's not the case. Yeah, isn't that funny? So obsidian green metallic or obsidian green pearl is the pathfinder. So a bit darker. And that's for the 2022 pathfinder, correct? Yeah. For the brand new one. Yep. So they took more of a, I guess it does look more off-road army green when I look at it this close the the frontier you're the one you had yeah it's a different green for sure the other one was more forest green this is more uh Uh, the new primer green ish yeah i was gonna say i'm assuming it's like a flat green like tacoma's army green Mm -hmm. is or their cement or even their sand well their sand color might be metallic but they're all basically kind of a primer flat color yeah this this claims to be a metallic finish but i i don't think it is much at least it (laughs) gives the impression of these new flat uh you know paints and they have a gray and they have a tan that matches up super well with the toyota <laughs> stuff of course it's That's basically funny. like they they benchmarked toyota what a surprise I'm sure. and just did everything they're doing and maybe slightly better in some areas yeah well their engine makes more horsepower so that's all that matters yeah but the engine wasn't good <laughs> i was managing the transmission transmission was better but still not so here's my problem with Toyota transmissions. They always shift a little bit too clunky and you can't do, select a manual gear. You know, they you just give it a min and a max four. basically. Right. So you're, you, all you can do is set the maximum gear that you're willing to go to, which is a gear limiter. Here you have a manual selection. It's a nine speed ratio. It sits at 2000 RPM at 85 by the way, wow. which is just Ooh. like super tall gear. Uh, I had it up to allegedly 120 plus miles an hour, felt totally solid and stable. I didn't know it could go that fast, but I wanted to find out and it did. It's probably close to the limiter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually never hit the limiter. It could be pre-production. I don't know. I was like, I'm not going to push it harder than that. But uh, especially <laughs> on, you know, the closed course I was on. But uh, yeah, very, very impressive truck overall. Is it too early to say this, but is Nissan kind of back? Like back. the stuff looks good. You got the new Armada looking good, the new Pathfinder, the new uh, for uh, whatever. I already forgot the name of Frontier. Frontier. Thank you. Yeah, I can never remember. <laughs> I always, I always want to say Forerunner. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, the um, Forerunner has not been redesigned yet. I know. Uh, and then there's. I mean, Leaf is kind of just doing its own thing off to the well, side. Yeah, Leaf just Z had a full coming up. Upgrade, though. Did? did you hear about this? They no. rather than Ooh. upgrading the price, slashed the price. So it's now under 20 grand with the federal tax credit. It's the cheapest oh. new EV on the market. It's $27,000. So, 
The, wow. the Leafs still qualifies for the full tax credit. I thought full that credit. they didn't anymore. They do. Full credit. Oh, okay. They must be close so the, to not. I mean, they, they have must to be. be. But the only automakers that the tax code does not allow the full $7,500 <clears> federal <throat> tax credit are American EV automakers. Tell me how that makes any sense whatsoever. I know. <laughs> Good job for starting an American company and selling EVs. We're going to give everyone else an advantage. <laughs> well, truthfully, I would just not have assumed American manufacturing in general to have been the ones to get to that goalpost soonest. Yeah, that's well, the other flip side. That's you know. Well, look, Ben. There's not always a ton of planning going on at the government, as you know. So uh, you know, nope. look. At the end of the day, Tesla doesn't have the credit, but you can go buy a Volkswagen ID4 and get a $7,500 credit. I don't know how that makes any sense to the end user. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on with the federal tax credit. But Leafs are great value. $50 a month leases here in Colorado. Insane. Ooh. Yeah, there was something like that here. Uh, before I got my e-tron, we were looking at a Leaf because I think there was a dealer offering – I think it was like zero dollars down, and it was like eighty dollars a month or something. I think it was ninety dollars. <laughs> yeah, ninety nine a month or something. Yeah, it might have been like ninety nine down or something crazy like there that. There's a dealer in Nebraska, I think, in one one midwestern state that if you leased a Titan or if you bought a Titan, you got a free Leaf lease for three years. I like that. <laughs> I heard about that. That's a that's not the first time dealers have done that, um, but it's always a cool idea. I mean, you get your Great big idea. old honking truck with a 5.6 liter motor and your little <laughs> really runabout motor. town that you don't have to worry about you know putting gas in your truck all the time potentially yeah, or the depreciation right so you're taking whatever your three-year lease is let's say it's thirty thousand miles over the three years you just took that depreciation off your truck and stuff it in this car for free yeah brilliant i'm just yeah, imagining brilliant. the sales interaction oh well, what kind of gas mileage does this titan get that won't be a problem We've solved You're that one for you right away. Drive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the most part, right? We got you a second car for the gas mileage thing. <laughs> that is an interesting way to combat uh, fuel standards. Every V8 comes with a free electric car. Is that what they mean by <laughs> net zero? <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mandatory fleet average <laughs> emissions. That's an interesting one. Well, yeah, I got to say, Nissan's really turning things around, Ben. Uh, I've spent time now in the new Rogue, the Pathfinder, the Frontier, the Armada, the Sentra, the Kicks, which is probably their worst offering. Um, the Sentra's really good. 47 MPG, something like this, in our 70-mile-per-hour highway loop. And, insane and it's not number. a hybrid. Not a hybrid, just CVT like normal. And it's not even mild hybrid. Terrible. No, it's just a No, they've gotten a lot better. Yeah. Do see, we know when the, Aria launches? That'll be an interesting product to see. Are we allowed to make better soon question? Enough. I from what I'm hearing, it's not not quite there. They are doing US testing now. So there's a group that just took an Aria across the country. Um, that we've heard rumors of them going around in a couple cars. So they're doing their nice. due diligence, making sure it's gonna work here, but I think it's not gonna happen before the end of the year. Okay. And did, is that going to have CCS charging finally, we think? Yes. Chatamo yeah. is officially dead with the launch of Aria. Thank God. And for our viewers who don't know, who may not be electrically inclined, Chatamo and CCS are two electric vehicle standards. Chatamo is the Japanese standard that iMeve had, that plug-in hybrid Mitsubishi Outlander had, <laughs> Leaf had, a few other vehicles had it. Tesla actually operates on the Chatamo communication standard here in the U.S., um, 
but that's now dying and CCS is the new German standard that's taking over our country. There we go. Well, on the not EV spectrum, I wanted to talk about something that was that came out of the blue for me, the Morgan Plus 4 CXT. So Kyle, you've driven a Morgan Plus 4. I don't know if the other guys have. Um, what, what do you think of Morgan just as a company right now? They're this weird niche, like they are known for road cars, but then they put out this, or maybe it wasn't them, but someone put out this Morgan CXT, which is like it was Morgan. off-road. Yeah, yeah off-road it's, it's a factory ready. thing. Yeah, I, I think this is like the coolest thing. Like, I mean, I the, before I saw the headline, I just saw the photos, and I was like, "This is completely rad." Oh yeah, ben, I, this wanna... is the. I have so much to share on this. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> and, and, and let me just preface this really quick. I've done twenty five hundred miles on a road trip in the previous Plus Four. This is built on an entirely new chassis using a BMW engine, uh, and Ben can explain what this crazy is, thing is about because. We are all diehard Morgan enthusiasts here. Yes, <laughs> thank God, because uh, I, I have a suspicion that Morgan's going to be the first car. Well, it's one of the first cars built, and it will probably be one of the last cars built. That's like 100%. as we know it, because uh, they've been doing the same thing for 110 years, and at this rate, uh, it seems like they're going to just keep doing it. And I don't yeah, think they'll have any sure. problem. That's by the way what CX stands for. It's uh, Roman uh, characters for 110. And T is for uh, trials. Trialing is sort of a off-road, you know, it's more of a two-wheel drive thing. People would do like a beetle even and drive up a muddy hill, basically. It's sort of a, Very like a hill climb type thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is sort of that bit of their heritage coming out. Unfortunately for us, I think they're only making seven and they're somewhere around 235,000 US. So Ugh. out of and the they're budget, all sold. just slightly. <laughs> yeah, and they're all sold. But this thing's cool. They, I think, had Rally Raid um, UK come in to help do suspension tuning. And so they've raised it a little bit, but they didn't want it to be all monster trucky. So it's sort of a really good fit of everything. This is one of my favorite things on that photo we're looking at there. You see that little saddlebag on the, yes. the fender? That's an air filter for the engine. No way. Is that cool or what? <laughs> what? Okay, so it just looks like a bag? Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. That's cool. I did not know that. You never even told That's me really that. That's really good. Oh, oops. So the thing is with Morgans, they lead to the best automotive memories and experiences. Ben, you and I drove an orange. A three-wheeler. three-wheeler yeah. in North Carolina, which was one of the best days ever. And, uh, you know, I've driven multiple other three-wheelers now, some with like tune kits that are straight piped. And you just drive <laughs> like a complete ass and no one cares because you're in a Morgan and that's awesome. Yeah. And, I've driven. Okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, I drove a, uh, like a four-wheel Morgan not long ago. Well, it's about a year ago now. I drove a, one of my clients had a plus eight. It was, I forget, it was like a 90-something. So it had a Land Rover Jaguar V8 in it. Uh, and that was a good car. I mean, that was really cool. It was a little bigger because it had that larger engine. It wasn't necessarily faster, though, because it was, you know, <laughs> not the most modern of engines out there. But it was a, you know, it's a cool experience because you're in this thing that's very vintage, it feels vintage, but at the same time, it's a modern car, at least by build date. So it's not falling apart or deteriorating. So it's the only way to get that sort of experience in a semi-like new context that you would you with those cars when they were new. Beating the crap out of it, but when you do, no, you can drive it. And people are like, "What year is that thing?" And you're like, "Oh, it's a 2020." They're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> the look on people's what? faces. <laughs> you know, someone asked on that one, like, "What year is it?" I'm like, "Oh, it's a 97." They're like. 
What? But even that was confusing. 1897. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the best part about Morgans. You just drive the crap out of them. They honestly take a ton of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, they are the my favorite car company. As Ben said, I truly believe they will be around forever doing the same mm-hmm. thing as long as they're crazy enthusiasts like us to keep them in business as long as people watch a few more videos than they are now. Yes, we need to watch a lot more videos. Just gonna get that I know out. The, I know Constant the Morgan video on uh, at least two of the people's here's lists of cars to own. One day, <laughs> yep. If not yep. the plus yep. four at this point, yeah. And well, uh, yeah, there's the, some the other plus four is cool, and you know the plus six I think is where it's at. I wouldn't even bother yeah. with the plus four. I think that's just <laughs> mental. You put the BMW B58 in line six, same engine in the Supra, in something that weighs as much as like a milk carton. That's pretty amazing. Uh, that's awesome. Richard Hammond has one that he let the community spec, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's three wheeler or nothing. Honestly, that's yeah. just... <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to counter your point and say, I like the plus four. This is just like the super oh, two-liter six-cylinder version. <laughs> well, no, it's just because you can't get a manual gearbox in the <laughs> plus six. And for me, that's kind of what I'd want in a car that looks like it's that old. I mean, simply. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. The but then you, you put a tune on it car. still. You've got to put a tune on it. Then then you're kind of even That engine out. is pretty spicy when you tune it. You get many GP levels of performance if you yeah. want. Another 50, 60 horsepower would be good. But I think one pe- thing, you know, a lot of people who aren't familiar with Morgan brand is that they should know is these are like really well built. So the way that it's handcrafted, there's still wood in the, you know, English ash in the framework of the vehicle. It's no longer structural. It's more for like body structure and shaping. But, you know, they've been doing things the, the same way they've kind of always done it. And there's a really good video I saw, uh, must have been a year or two ago, of like a factory tour. And there's this like wooden jig they use like it's got clamps on it and they oh, used to the curve arches. the wood yeah for like the wheel arch or something like that and someone who was touring the place said uh how old is that and the guy goes i don't know let me ask this guy he's been here for like 58 years and that guy's like no that was here before me and i think they ended up coming <laughs> to the conclusion that this like jig they had was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 70 years old or something and they were still wow. using that's pretty awesome that is pretty special. once they sell all the cxts is it feasible that some other company could then try to offer to convert your plus four standard into oh, yeah. CXT or is there not yeah, enough? But there's like, no customer many, base for that. There's no business how many of these sell? Like how many people buy Zero, like 10 a year. I mean, they yeah, can't build that in many. In the U.S., I bet they yeah. sell less than 100 a year. Yeah, so I know uh, my friend Dennis owns Morgan West in California. He, every time I'm in L.A., he hooks me up with a Morgan. He's the best. And oh, um, yes. He also manages the Morgan press fleet from a dealer, which is shows you how small they are. Uh, <laughs> he does it out of the kindness of his heart, potentially. Basically, the yes. Media but he has like no room. It's just this little garage. But he's like the volume Morgan dealer. And he sells like <laughs> a couple of cars a month. That's actually pretty good. A couple a month. I mean, he just had a, that, uh, 50 a year? <laughs> Aero, he had an Aero 8. Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah. yeah. A really cool uh, thing. That one yeah, that's cross eyed. Cross eyed one. <laughs> Those are <laughs> one really of my cool dream though. cars. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I would love it. Well, another dream car for many people was the Lamborghini Countach. I mean, it was on the wall of most people growing up. I feel like at least up to a Jordan, certain. You got to turn up your mic a bit. Sorry, maybe it's just me, but I can't really hear you. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the Lamborghini Countach, which was on the wall of many people's rooms, probably growing up. Um, but 
I guess Lamborghini is finally like saying it's coming back, like officially teased. People had rumored about it for a while. And all they've given us is this image, which literally shows you nothing um, besides a shape of a Lamborghini. There's a new image as of an hour ago. Oh, oh. how do we find yeah, that? And it shows a that. chiseled front end, actually, surprising oh. for Lamborghini. <laughs> really? I, I didn't yeah. think they would go with the straight edge kind of chiseled look. You know, they're really known for their kind of curvy, round, you know, Volkswagen yeah, New Beetle lines. styling. <laughs> soft yeah. lines, exactly. <laughs> soft focus. <laughs> yeah, but look, this is going to sell. You know, at the end of the day, they've done their research. They called all their clients. They said, will you buy one? And they said, yes. So to them, you know, no, no surprises here. People are like, oh, it'll never sell. Ooh. Yeah, there's the, no, it'll there's the new nose. See, yeah. I don't know what I'm looking at, and I think I like it. So that's a good. <laughs> they sign. probably have clients who just said, "I have an open checkbook. Put a number down, and I'll buy one." <laughs> yep. Good for them for understanding that the new wave is retro, but you got to do it right. Bronco Defender Countach. Yep. Here we go, baby. Retro garage back. only. I mean, you could do a, a retro like a throwback garage of all the new rebranded or rebirth model cars and have some oh, really cool stuff. I in love there. that. Image. Oh, that looks nice. That. Oh, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. Oh, End V12. Of is this yep. going to have that hybridized system from whatever the last one they did was? Probably. That was yes. like 20 horsepower is, electric yeah. motor or something yeah. at most. It was like capacitor based. This, Not really hybrid, this, but this could be like a my, mild. This could be my favorite looking car from them since, I don't know, Diablo SV or something like that. Like this, this looks, oh, that front different. looks good. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of this. Uh, won't be able. To, I'll probably be able to afford a Morgan much sooner, much sooner than this. But I love the design. It's funny because the first like teaser image came out, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, is it going to be EV?" And like they're doing what everyone else is doing and like rebranding an old name oh. under an EV roof. But no, it doesn't look like it. It's uh oh V12 all the way. Lamborghini yeah. and electric do not mix. I don't understand this whole notion where you want to hypercar or supercar to be electric look i like electric cars more than most people and i'm a big proponent of evs um but at the end of the day the point of a supercar and a hypercar is to have a dramatic driving experience for some it's about lap times and numbers and buying a rimac nevera that can go zero to 60 and whatever and can you know spin the earth backwards at the touch of your right foot but for many they want the uh, sort of the entourage that comes along with a supercar, which is the noise pulling up to the club, the drama, the excitement, put your friends in the car and not necessarily drive it really fast because <laughs> most people who can afford these are not good drivers, but, you know, sort of have the experience of speed and making a supercar electric takes everything I love about supercars away completely to the point where I'm like, I don't even care. And there are certain design exercises for these supercars, like the Lotus, the Via, that I think, you know, would never be able to look the way it does with a combustion engine. And that's to be celebrated as art. But I would much rather have something that makes noise and gives this sort of fulfilling experience driving it slowly. What do you guys think? Well, I think the point of a car like this is to be seen in it, at least the point most owners seen it. And how are you going to get people to notice you without the sound? That's, well, you just I mean, scream. right there. I'm in my Lamborghini. Look at me. <laughs> hey, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Lamborghini approaching. Car, big way. Uh, or a hypercar like that is to stand out. I mean, you're showing off. Basically, you're peacocking down the main strip. Now, oh, this yeah. is the latest and greatest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, it's like in Raleigh where uh, Mike and Ben live, where I used to live. You know the guy who owns that club that had the Aventador? I was he just going to mention that. Yep. <laughs> that case, He's going to have a electric car works, though. Yeah. But he, that an electric car works for him because he wanted it as a publicity thing for his club. And it was just parked there. And Avaya all day long. Uh, this is a whole other pricing category, of course. But like yeah. Intosh, I just think, is going to be a worldwide hit. And I'm so excited to learn more about it. I just want yeah. to see more of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 sad that it's like I think most people who buy it, or at least the first customers, are going to be the people who buy it as a, you know, like an art piece. It will sit in their collection because it's a homage to the original, and a lot of the originals. Just wait are. till they I hit mean... the rental fleets. <laughs> yeah they're, I mean, they're gonna be garage queens or driven to death because they're rented not owned and there's not gonna be a whole lot Las in between. vegas rental fleets baby those will ruin a car in two seconds hundred i mean you see uh ventadors and and stuff you know fairly well i don't know at, at least i see an aventador every once in a while on the road driving so i figure this is v12 classification lambo probably be in the same rarity would be my guess yeah. um so I, I hope we'll see him around. I mean, I know a 17-year-old who drives an Aventador Roadster everywhere because uh, I see him almost weekly, and I still don't understand how anyone thinks that makes sense. But, hey, you know, when you people don't have to worry about depreciation. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you stop worrying about money, you can do whatever you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just evolve beyond that. Yeah. But no, the, the noise thing is, I mean, that's, like, real. I mean, that's how you know a, car, a supercar is coming without looking. Versus, like, people are still impressed with electric cars, obviously, and they still have this this factor that, you know, there's such a small percentage of sales at the moment where people see them and they're still like, oh, cool, an electric car. But, I don't know, you you see a genuine supercar, especially V10 or V12, uh, V16, W16, whatever, it's people's minds get blown a bit because, you know, obviously they're more rare, but that noise, especially driving one, um, like, you know, I was in the 570S McLaren, so not even the showiest McLaren, you know, slower than a P100D, but it was more exhilarating because we rolled down the rear window and that engine's just roaring in your ears from right behind you. And it was more fun and more exhilarating. Yes, it's slower than most yeah, Teslas. But you don't drive but... <laughs> numbers on paper. Also, that's not even a particularly great sounding V8. And even then yeah. it was a experience yeah. for you yeah yeah 720s much better a, a but... supercar should assault you via every sense you have all five six seven eight seven, however many senses you want to have <laughs> it should be overloading them all five, just like right? mike's out in e-tron right <laughs> overloading <Sensory overload>. is <laughs> sensation so which at which e-tron trim do you get that scent that gets pumped into the hvac that only comes in the top of the line prestige model. That's the reason to buy it right there. You can smell okay. summer or winter. Yes, that is the believe. two scents you're allowed to smell. Summer is a bit strong. Winter is kind of nice, crisp. I like winter. winter. Was nice. Winter yeah, on medium. Yeah, if you're on strong, it just smells like a smell that's meant to cover it up like a other smells. Yeah, yeah. Abercrombie <laughs> and Fitch inside your Audi. Everyone's one of them. <laughs> but that's a that just peaks one cent um but yeah right. 
Picking but there's a lot the of cars with sense in them now. That's not anything special. I think Mercedes yeah. still has the best because they have the reusable cartridges. Mm-hmm. And Ford said they were going to make one that smells like gas for the Maki, which they never did, which was dumb. I just yeah, hate those PR stunts, but let's not go down that path. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so overall, I think supercars need engines. End of story. Yep, yeah. agreed. They need to be. I mean, they don't need to be huge V12s. That's great that you can still get that, but at, I think at least a V10. <laughs> yeah, at least <laughs> like a you want to. Yeah, you want at least a top of the line big motor, not this just some two point eight liter turbo. Have you heard about this Mercedes trying to make mm-hmm. their AMG's plug-in hybrid four-cylinder? All four-cylinder, yeah. Yeah, great idea on paper to engineers who have no emotion in Munich or Stuttgart, I guess. Uh, but to, like, to <laughs> us, like, what? The point of an AMG is to make a ruckus and noise and scream in V8s. Yeah. Um, you know, we should drive electric every day so we have combustion engines to enjoy. And now they're taking away the best of the combustion engines. Focus on making your C-Class, E-Class, S-Class fully electric before you even think about putting a plug on an AMG. <laughs> yeah, I, I, AMG alone. Maybe I'm in the minority. I kind of really am excited about that AMG four-cylinder plug-in hybrid. I just want to see how it works. It's going to be very yeah. interesting. It's going to be very – and this is probably strong. where AMG has been going recently because I kind of noticed that the people who are AMG buyers these days <laughs> – are not the people who want, like, I want the big engine in the little car. It's like hedge fund index people. That, like, they're all about data. So you give them, like, a power flow, you know, like the Prius does and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, at that point, that's its own form of entertainment. <laughs> that out of the car, so. Did I get my return on investment for that poll? Yes, I did. Great. I'll do another one. <laughs> when you do your regen stop, you do the Ford thing where it says, oh, you recaptured this much percent oh, of your charge. Oh, it pops up every time and blocks the <laughs> important information on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually drove the Power Boost uh, today. I put about 80 miles on one. Love and it. What do you think? Awesome. Yes, oh, it's it great. Is. It's the best like conventional pickup truck I've ever driven. By I think. Far. I mean, it's it was uh like top of the lines, so it had everything in it. The gauges, the big screens, very Did nice. Did you have the blue seats? No, it had like this almost maroony brown purple kind of a thing. Oh, it's probably a platinum, not a limited. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was platinum. I don't think it was limited, yeah. but well, it had paint production film and a ceramic coat on it already, and it was 2021, so it got rid of with uh, not very many miles on it. So great truck, yeah, really freaking fast though, isn't it? Oh, it's it's quick, and the uh, the power transition's pretty seamless. Yeah. Uh, I, I I wish I had a chance to put the generator. I didn't have anything to plug into it. I charged <laughs> my phone on it for like a minute just to like see it. But I couldn't. I wanted to get the thing to register like wattage, but I didn't have anything to use. <laughs> yeah, I spent a week with that truck. I had a whatever the max one is. Was it limited? A limited, yeah. Max? Yeah, I had a blue one with blue interior. It was beautiful, and mm-hmm. uh, oh, massaging seats, really fast. Felt just as fast as a Ram TRX, um, yeah. but with like three hundred less horsepower. I don't know. Well, how I believe. That adds up. Well, I know. I think the limited actually comes with a bigger motor than even the platinum. I think it comes with basically the Raptor motor. I with think the power or boost. I no, I thought the power. No, now boost. All right, yeah, now with the power boost, you're right. Right, but you're absolutely correct. You get the high output EcoBoost in the high trims of Expedition and F150, but not in the lower trims. Yeah, those not high F150s are just 
such a nice place to be. I mean, when Ford flew me out for the Lightning, like they treated me to a top of the line F one fifty EcoBoost. And but your reviews were totally uh, independent, <laughs> correct? Correct. <laughs> the lobster well, was, dinner had no bearing on our opinion. Right, <laughs> they review. flew me out there, gave me a truck, and I just said nice things about their electric one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny. Like they, you know, flew me out on Frontier, so not my favorite airline. And so when I get in the F one fifty, and it's like, oh, would you like a massage? I was like, please. And so it massaged me the whole hour and change up to the MPG grounds. And uh, that was nice. But it was weird. It caught me off guard because it was like, you're, you'll be expecting a brown F-150. So I'm looking for a brown F-150. And that Kodiak brown is about the darkest thing you can see aside from black that is technically brown. Like, I literally thought it was black. It you have a review going up on that, I think, tomorrow or yeah. the next day as well. Yeah, it was... It was fun. So interesting to see the progression. My dad has 2012 F-150. My in-laws have a 2018. And they haven't changed a whole lot because they're like, don't fix it if it ain't broke. So I think they're fine. Um, they're, they don't pique my interest as much as they like Tacoma, TRD Pro, and well, now the Frontier. But again, it's a different kind of truck. Um, and you know, we had the Ranger. Kyle, I meant to ask you how you like the Ranger compared to the Frontier. Because they're actually the more similar than I expected on paper, but they felt the Ranger did not feel like I was hoping it to feel. Right. Well, I don't know if it was the particular one that we had, but I couldn't give it a good review. <laughs> I just thought it was all not good, to be honest. Like engine yeah. torquey, but a million pounds of lag, road like crap. I think ours, and it like rattled everywhere. And I was so disappointed because everyone was all about Ranger. And I was like, gotten this thing. I'm like, why is so bad? It had like old sync in it. And I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't impressed. Yeah. My, my biggest gripe with the new Ranger, I just spent some seat time in, in one for briefly for, uh, for work. And it was a Lariat trim and it was, it had some higher miles on it, but it, I would have thought it had like 200,000 miles on it instead of 60,000 miles on it. Uh, the way that everything just felt inside. It just, I don't know, like, I'm, I agree with you, Kyle. Like, everyone's all about the Ranger, and I was excited for it because, I mean, hey, it's complete redesign, got a yeah. coma. But now I see why it was even, like, behind the old Frontier in sales. Be yeah, honestly, I could not recommend the Ranger. Um, Ford makes some amazing products. That's just not one of them. Yeah, I think yeah. that Ford will fix it probably very soon with the new Frontier being out. Um, yeah, so that'll be so. exciting to see, especially with the new F-150 being If the Frontier so outsells the Ranger, boy, do we have an issue there, Ford. <laughs> but, but that Maverick. But do, is the Ranger we get here even the same as the one you can get globally like say you're in australia somewhere because like their ranger doesn't even look quite the same and that was an old platform over there uh like it is an old platform over there but it is like the wild track or whatever it is it's like a a tacoma trd style version of it we don't get that either so they have a raptor right yeah Yeah, they they get get a raptor Raptor. which which would be cool so the ranger wasn't a new product coming to the u.s it was just adapted to our market and came i think halfway through its product cycle and yeah, we all got sure. excited because it was the forbidden fruit that we never got and probably the forbidden fruit we probably shouldn't have wanted in the first place. Well, they gave us the leftover forbidden fruit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it expired in a couple of months, so I'll ship it there. 
Uh, can I switch gears for a second and tell you yeah. about how terrible my Tesla service experience was? Yes. Oh, please yes. Do. We have okay, to talk so, about Tesla on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. They're the most important automaker to our channels. They get the most views. They have the most interest. And honestly, they're doing some really awesome things. Uh, I really am a big Tesla fan. But I was not a fan of my experience this week. And it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of like a lot of little annoying things that shouldn't have happened. So I'm going to chalk it up to a brand new service center that had just opened down, you know, a couple miles down the road from my house. It's, uh, you know, new managers, not from Tesla before. So you have new people to the brand trying to run a new service center. I'm sure a lot of it's remote trying to figure things out. But at the end of the day, scheduled a service appointment through my app. Uh, and that worked out great. All scheduled good. Then I was like, here's what's wrong with it. Can you please fix it and provide estimates? Yes. I said, here's exactly what I need done. And I was, you know, very blatantly honest. I said, I need both upper control arms replaced because they're squeaking. I need my passenger seat uh, adjustment switch broke off a year ago and I've been hesitant to bring it in. So, um, you know, then, uh, you know, basically said, you need to fix that too. They said, sure, no problem. $158 to replace the control arms, 128 bucks to fix the seat. I'm like, how can it be that cheap? not bad at all. No, amazing. So I said, go for it. Let's let's do it. Also, just to pause you real quick, your car is not covered under the warranty anymore because you've driven 90,000 miles on it. So this is all out of your own pocket now. Yeah. Right. It would have been under warranty, but I'm miled up out of it. It's four-year, 50 and then the batteries, eight year, one hundred and twenty thousand on Model yep. Three long range performance is mine. Um, so dropped it off, all good. Uh, actually, Timon and Alyssa went to go drop it off. I didn't even do that. It sounded like it was all good. And then they hit me with my invoice, and it's like almost two thousand dollars. And I'm like, "Ooh, where'd that Whoa. come from?" <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, well, you." Qu-. I said in the text, "Please replace the control arms. They're both squeaking terribly." And it was like $300 for the parts or something. I'm like, whatever. We'll either put aftermarket suspension on the car. Just throw the control arms in there. I'll pay you for the parts. We'll install it ourselves. No problem. Uh, We pay time in for all of our logistics stuff. So he'll spend a weekend doing that (laughs) in the garage. And so, um, yeah, they included the control arms. That was fine. All good. And then I went to go pick it up and I went to go check my seat and the seat wasn't fixed at all it wasn't even touched meanwhile i just spent like 250 dollars for them to fix my seat and they went over budget which i paid them for and then they didn't even install the parts they left the parts on the center console and i'm like okay i kind of understand the misunderstanding i said look we'll install the control arms but don't charge me labor for the seat stuff and they also uh gave me all the wrong parts (laughs) That is very on point, on brand. Yep, so I dropped it off. I picked it up like six days later. They hadn't done anything, and they put the wrong parts in the car. And they charged me way too much for it. So that was my Tesla service experience and why I hate to bring my cars in for service. In general, I've always actually never really had like great service experiences with any brand. Every dealership seems to be a little bit incompetent uh, when it comes to little things. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes they give you false information. Um, but generally, I would say this this stood out to me as like a particularly not good experience. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with, especially with getting a Tesla service, because your, your uh, situation is very similar to someone's I run into, whereas 
Anytime you do anything other than here's a problem, please fix it. And then if that's your whole interaction, it should be fine. But when you add any complexity or anything outside of what you can do in the app, or just literally any change, it becomes impossible for them to handle. Like I brought my car in for service once and they forgot they had it for six days straight. They hadn't started <laughs> I it. That. I dropped it off and I <laughs> handed the key oh, to someone. Well, I remember that. Yeah. And I, the only reason we did that is because the morning of my appointment, while I was like literally getting in the car, I got a text message saying, oh, it's been rescheduled. I'm like, well, you know, we already got, we're here. It's pandemic. I've got someone to drive me. So I can't really like redo this another time. I don't want to take an Uber. This is at the height of the pandemic, especially. So we dropped it off, gave them the key. And they're like, yeah, not a problem since it's, you know, tomorrow, whatever. We'll just start it then. I'm like, great. And I couldn't get in touch with them. I called a bunch of times. Uh, There's no way to get in contact with anyone. So once you set something up or make a change, you just got to hope the person remembers or something. Because it's just like your suspension stuff. Like everything gets lost in translation. If it's outside of this very rigid format, it it just, the system falls apart very quickly. And I talked to the tech and he's like, your car is going to explode because this fabric shield is half off underneath your car they're like did you hit something on the highway i'm like no that thing's been like jumped off a motocross track and off-roaded uh you know <laughs> <Glad it happens. laughs> yeah uh, it's out of warranty what do i care it's like yeah it's had the shit kicked out of it and by the way the battery's fine like this is a felt thin piece and he's like your battery's gonna explode if you hit something i'm like it literally will not do anything to protect my car in it's not the uh, battery in, uh, armor plate at the front no, or whatever i said are all the armor plates and he's like yeah all your armor plates are fine i'm like well that's what matters don't you think he's like oh i guess so it's just like was all i don't know <laughs> annoying i needed to complain about it and they still owe me a refund and it's been a few days you're not getting that refund i'm telling <laughs> you right now the, the the amount of like up the chain that has to do and like people uh, that has passed through it will not happen not they're overworked as happens. is I'll just complain about it and buy another Tesla again one day. That's what we all do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we cope. This world moves on. I'll get another one yeah. so I don't have to service it. That'll show them. <laughs> I was thinking about that, actually. I'm like, man, I kind of just want to trade this in and get a Model S uh, so I don't have to deal with this <laughs> you'd, anymore. <laughs> you'd probably get a crazy trade-in value. Probably could. Uh, so they gave me 35100 That's I mean, decent. for the miles. Yeah. yeah I think you get more, miles. but that's decent. Yeah, I think I could sell it private for forty-two something like this. That's reasonable for a trade-in, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I thought it was fine. It was better than Carvana's twenty-two thousand, and wow. Tesla's like eighteen thousand a year wow. ago for that same car. Uh, so they're paying up right now. And but Vroom was like thirty-seven because I really was considering trading it in for either on a Taycan or a Model S. Mm-hmm. Well, if fine you were Carvana, to order a Model S. Now, now they just raised the price $10,000. You'd probably get your car sooner than someone who originally pre-ordered that car and got it for the cheaper price. Because apparently Tesla be what's going on, is doesn't it? not, yes. I was going to say there seems to be that Tesla is uh, pushing back those original reservation holders in favor of people who are buying them now because profit. I Wait, guess. so are you saying Tesla's interested in making money instead of just selling electric cars to make the air cleaner? Yeah, I mean they're interested in being Shocking. an actual car company. That's amazing. Making a profit. Well, look, honestly, they have some shady business practices. No way around it. They have some shady communications yeah. on autopilot. But the cars are amazing. They're uh, so great. They're a great cars, but what a terrible company! A Cybertruck with that hat, though. 
That would be a combination. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to rock a squatted Cybertruck with this hat. Carolina squat. Yeah, I'm Carolina. You know, they have like this. Uh, okay, first off, Cybertruck's not a thing. If it ever becomes a thing, maybe. And they Couple actually have away. this loading ramp that like the back drops down. I'm going to pull whatever fuse I need to to lock it in that mode and just <laughs> I could, ride that thing squatted. Carolina squatting is illegal now. In your state, not will mine. Be. Oh, yeah. I could see Elon throwing an Easter egg button on the screen for the Carolina squat very easily with because the suspension can already do it. It would just be the yee yee button. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of Cybertruck, um, Kyle, you mentioned this Cyberlander thing. Oh, and... are we going down this road? Yes. Yes. We waited oh, for you. I was wondering. Sure. Share your thoughts with the people here, because I know you've got a lot. <laughs> oh, I tried to block well, it Kyle my brain. voiced uh, a few of them on Twitter when this <laughs> first it's happened. It's the only time I've ever slammed a company on Twitter, <laughs> and they deserve it. This is shady. Oh, you want to talk shady. about a shady business practice, let's look at Cyberlander, okay? We're going down this thing. By the way, I just want to make something clear. I planned on reaching out to this company for comment before we did our coverages. I set up a call with them. Uh, we had everything legit. They totally ignored me. So then I set up another call and I ignored them and I made them wait for an hour and a half on the call. <laughs> it's just like, you wasted my morning. So I'm not going to do this again. Anyway, they're so shady. I don't know how the, any of this can be legit. Basically these guys have an existing company that they install like TV cameras or, or uh, uh, like CCTV stuff in metro uh, environments, and it's called something or other. Anyway, they the same people who run that company uh, started this Cyberlander as a subsidiary of their current company. Stream it is what it's called. I think it's all legit. I'm not saying that what they're doing over there is wrong or bad. I have no clue, nor do I really care. Um, but basically, I think what it sounds like is one of two things. One is all of these guys got together and said, how can we screw as many people out of money as possible? Uh, and we'll do that. Or two, it's like a midlife crisis that they're just totally blind to the fact that any of this could be possible. So let me explain what Cyberlander is. It is a device, an accessory that they are taking reservation pre-orders for over half a million dollars worth of pre-orders already for a accessory that's designed for a truck that we haven't even seen final production version yet. Uh, so let's just think about this for a second. So uh, Jordan, would you mind scrolling to their press page? Uh, and I don't know exactly where it is. Yeah, right there at the oh, bottom, click press. Down there, it'll tell you what, what features this thing has. I don't know if any of you have ever been near a pickup truck before, but I recently just put a queen-size mattress in the bed of a five-and-a-quarter-foot bed. Not nearly as long as Cybertruck. This is six and a bit. So a fairly large bed, but not quite an eight-footer, like a 350 you know, mm -hmm. elongated truck. Go all the way down to the bottom first and then scroll up. And you'll see, um, yeah, you'll see kind of what this thing can do. So here's a little graphic. It's like a camper that goes in the back of your imaginary Cybertruck because there's no such thing <laughs> as a Cybertruck. So it's an imaginary camper for your imaginary Cybertruck. Um, and that's not to say that this won't ever be made. It's not to say the Cybertruck won't ever be made. There we go. Go up a little bit. That was the document. Uh, one more, a little bit more. Yeah, just back up. There you go. Yeah, that right there. Thank you. Keep it on that. <laughs> This is everything they claim that something will do that will fit in the back of a pickup truck. It will have a kitchen, a living room, a bedroom, a bathroom, and an office. 
I have one of those big ass sprinter vans that doesn't even have half the things that this thing has. It has <laughs> heated floors. It has a 40 gallon water tank, which they're like, Oh, we're going to put it in this little tiny underfloor storage. And it's going to have, so if we go to the homepage, there's a spec list of everything. The numbers don't even add up. Let's just be honest. So nothing here is making sense for Cyberlander. So to back up a little bit, these guys have created a product for an imaginary truck and taken money. And they're, my guess is just going to go off to Aruba and steal the money. The dry weight of this thing's 1200 pounds. The wet weight is 1360 pounds. That means fresh water and gray water and everything like this. If you just add 40 gallons of water at eight pounds a gallon to that 1200 pounds, it's way more than what they've quoted at wet weight. So it just shows you they're not even good at math. They don't even know what they're doing here. Uh, they claim it's going to have 500 watts of solar and it's all going to move out and slide, but nothing in their design goes with latches. They say it's going to have 20 kilowatt hours worth of batteries. That's like, what, 800 pounds worth of batteries? Where are you going to put that? There's no room for any of this. It's going to sleep <laughs> two people and two children? No way. I mean, just totally not even in the realm of possibilities here. So when you really start digging into this thing, it sounds like a great idea because they basically put on this list uh, like let's let's move around a little bit. Let's see what else we can find. Uh, they basically I mean, put on this list everything you could ever want in a camper, but somehow it's supposed to fit in the bed of a truck, which it won't. I I don't believe that you can't necessarily have that amount of room to accommodate that you know the people sleeping in it, but none of it's going to be in a functionally a, a pleasant way to use that space. It's such a small space to have all this in there. It's going to be like an IKEA challenge every time you have to like configure it to an office to a kitchen to a bed to a is there a shower a or something in there to a shower. A bathroom? go oh my back God. to the press page um where we can see some of those graphics because yeah, they're the just shower. all cgi by the way and these are just like it's just a total sham no other way around it i don't care who you are what you say these people have no history of manufacturing they claim they do they like manufactured like computer boards for these uh you know cctv systems they have no idea about heavy manufacturing they're they have no clue obviously what to pitch to someone they're pulling a full elon musk here over promising everything they're not going to be able to deliver any of this by the way look at that luxurious living room out in the middle of a field on that picture um, <laughs> this actually makes me angry i feel bad for the people who have spent money reserving this totally yeah inaccurate device they say it's going to turn into all of these things so it won't be a living room and a bedroom at once but if you scroll down you'll see a little image uh, a, a gif of it uh, actually moving in real time uh, somewhere on the press page and basically there's nothing in it yeah so go to that bed transformation it was just up there a little bit so uh yeah click yeah. play on that little video here we go watch this um look at this so they're just imagining you're going to have nothing inside of your Cyberlander. So like, let's have all this camping gear, but you can't put one thing in there because you got to pull all your crap out of it. Are they also claiming to have uh, HVAC in it too, by chance? Because that's going to be yes. even tougher. Oh my God. There's, yeah, there's not, not really such not a thing as a compact. Channel. Yeah, Jordan, let's that's your shower. Out yeah. Um, basically the, these are pressed ones that we can, we can play cause it says it's for the press, but I don't want to get copyright for playing their YouTube channel, even though they link, I just don't want to deal with it. Um, basically everything here just seems totally ridiculous and, um, it, it's just completely made up. 
They have no prototypes. They have no material selections. That heated floors, you got to be like, what the hell? Electrochromatic right? windows for tinting. Yeah, that is not cheap. That's, exp I mean, I granted they think they said what, 50 grand. So maybe yeah, they're like actually 40, pretty yeah. good on price, but they're talking about a yeah, lot of G's. complex stuff. I mean, the supply chains for this, the bill of materials alone is going to be quite extensive. Uh, I, I do hope they can 40. accomplish their goal. I, you know, I, I, that's what I'd say. Like, I don't want them to fail. I want to see them try and do it more than anything. Uh, but if they can do this, I think we would just, we should just buy one. They're not going to, don't give, this is not <laughs> even, like, don't waste your energy I'm, thinking this is ever going to be possible. I know, yeah. that's why. So I feel I mean, very I'm confident in that. To see what features start falling off the list. Like once there is a real Cybertruck made, we know the specs and dimensions of the bed, the cargo capacity, what it can haul. Then we'll see what actually falls off this list or if this even ever gets made, if it it's even possible. Because there's no way. I just don't see how four people can even stand in that space. I can't and, even let alone four sleep people in, in my sprinter. That's 26 feet long. Yeah, I know your sprinter can't long. sleep technically four people. What's it, two? No, it cannot. Two. Yeah. And they want four people while well, two adults like, and two children. I don't know how big the adults are, children are, no, but this, this is totally there's no way. Yes. Look, I mean, I I'm pretty sure we've all stood in the back of a pickup truck. There's no room. I've stood I in the back of a pickup truck. I've stood in the back of a pickup truck, and it couldn't yeah. fit. <laughs> Like well, a queen size mattress couldn't fit, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, it's going to have a surprisingly breathable RV queen bed." No way! <laughs> and it just folds happen. down into Magically. the bed of the truck, and it's solid, right? Like it shows yeah. like a cover over it when it's down, and it has a TV, a sink, a shower. <laughs> yeah, that's why <laughs> like furniture folds down, which is not. We don't even know the dimension of the fire. They're, they're, so I, I watched some interviews with these people. They're like, well, we took the measurements that we saw from the uh, Cybertruck reveal. And if we measure the length of the bed, then we have all the other dimensions possible on a made up complete truck. Like this, this truck is not final production. What was released yeah. at the show. So this is a total sham. I, I really feel bad for anyone who spent money on it. I feel bad for wasting energy on this. I was going to release a whole <laughs> video as to like doing a deep dive of this, being like, how is any of this possible? Um, and it's just not. I mean, look, could you put a bed in the back of a truck? Could you put a bathroom in the back of a truck? Could you make something that kind of folds and moves around? Absolutely. I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm just saying they are way over promising and they have nothing to back it up and they have zero prototypes that aren't made completely of cardboard i don't even know if they have the cardboard ones because a queen bed six and over six and a half feet long so granted that does use some <laughs> tailgate space there but that helps they say it's unobstructed and it looks like it folds up in the back i don't know if the tailgate goes up yeah, or not but makes no sense Oh, that's I just a love the bit. whole 40 gallons of water thing, but my giant sprinter only has 26. Yeah. <laughs> 40 gallons is a lot. Plus a 20, 20 gallon gray water tank, I think I saw. 60 yeah. gallons of water capacity. It's not deep. possible. And they're like, well, that's going to fit in the underfloor storage. Well, then where are you going to put the batteries? Where are you going to put all the hinges to make this work? And they're like, these people and are living the in the wiring for the world. heated floor. They really are living in a dream world. Uh, I'm sorry for anyone who's yep. put money on this. Try and get money out. And then should we just finish it off with the kicker, which is they try to do this giveaway 
um, which, you know, nothing against Fred at Electric. I actually have huge respect for his work ethic. He's always the first one to get articles out. This is not a knock on Fred at all. Uh, friends with him on Facebook. You know, I think the dude's legit. Really like Fred, actually. A lot of people don't. I do. Um, I think... Uh, this is crazy. They gave a, they did like a whole giveaway for the Cybertruck. I have all the terms and conditions that say like one entry equals one thing and you share around through your link or whatever. Uh, Fred Lambert won the random giveaway. <laughs> this is like yeah, the that... uh, test referral program 2.0. <laughs> this, this is referral program 2.0. Total sham, but they didn't really let people know up front. I, like I said, I have the terms and conditions. I was going to go on this whole thing. Not worth it. Congrats to Fred, but at the end of the day, uh, bad luck for electric, bad luck for this company. Um, and the fact that like anyone can enter, but only social media influencers could win crazy to me. And they're like, well, there were a couple other people on the list who weren't influencers. Yeah. But they shared the links around enter to win one entry, one way to win. That's the way to do it. Don't do any of this BS sites that have bots that make other people's win. Uh, that's what really got me annoyed with this whole thing. So at the end of the day, don't want to talk about it anymore, but it's, I mean, remember Mike and Ben, you and I spent hours on the phone. Like, Oh, we did. We spent that was a long phone call. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this um, was the most uh, ridiculous the, thing. Like off topic of referral program. Has Tesla at this point fully, other than the Roadster promises, because I know that cars are out, have they fully given out rewards? Because uh, I feel like they probably haven't yet. We I feel like there's a couple more. Any more cars or anything like that. It's no, but I, I, there are people who've earned them. I have they gotten them all at this point well, out? No like the Roadster. Well, well yeah, the Roadster is also Model part X of performance the was a award or Model X performance. I feel like not all those made their way out. I don't know if I um, about them. Maybe and wasn't one of the things that you got to drive the Cybertruck or not Cybertruck this Tesla Semi? No one drove a Tesla Semi and posted no a video on it. So yeah, that well, never that's happened. A, look, we could go back and say everything Tesla and Elon have promised that have never actually come through. And no, yeah, I'm not trying to lump on them. I was just saying, like, it made me realize, like, how are there outstanding things still that were really oh, exciting yeah. at the oh. time? Yeah, this definitely is so. still. But the, as soon as I mentioned in a video that they gave me a Powerwall for free, magically I can't find my referrals in my loot box anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it happened like a couple days after. So Ben, do you still? If you pull up your thing, can you see referral Let's miles? See. Because I had, I don't know how many, but a lot. And now when I go to my loot box at the top, it doesn't show free supercharging miles anymore, which is fine, whatever. But if so I go it, to the Tesla uh, But website, they do expire, but it would be strange of them yeah, to have expired, expired at this early stage. Yeah, 2023 or something like this. If I go to the Tesla website, it still says I have X number of free supercharging miles. It's just out of my um, Oh, I might have to scroll over to years. My weird, car's still on free supercharging, so I don't know if they took it away or if it's a glitch. Maybe it's just the app. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it for your car. It just shows uh, nothing. Right. Well, there <laughs> we go. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. So what else we got, Jordan? We're hitting our hour mark. Yeah. No, that was about it. Other than uh, didn't Ben want to talk about pink noise? Oh, yeah. This is kind of a fun little like tidbit. Uh, Mercedes for a while has been using what they call pink noise as a safety feature. And uh, so one of the biggest issues in an accident, well, I shouldn't say one of the biggest issues in an accident, because clearly there's a lot of issues and <laughs> probably the physical, like, you know, a crumpling yeah. of material might be the biggest. But one issue is, you know, it's a very loud thing. And if your ears aren't tensed up for it, you can cause hearing loss. So Mercedes has this cool feature. And I'm sure maybe some other manufacturers do, but I think Mercedes is well known for it. It'll play, I think it's 80 decibels 
of pink noise, which basically sounds like static or background noise, uh, you know, almost like a white noise. And that will get your ear muscles to, or whatever that is to tense up and kind of close in and adapt. And then that way, when the actual impact happens, it's, you know, your body's prepared for it. You don't end up with that, you know, permanent hearing damage, which I thought was cool to learn about. It's a very interesting form of safety feature we don't often hear about. Yeah, Mercedes just goes to extreme lengths for safety. Everyone always says Volvo and whatever, but they really just go all out, I think. And they always have. Uh, Mercedes, yep. to me, has been for leading years. safety for a long time. They'll invent a new thing to protect just so that they can come up with a new feature. Right. And then patent <laughs> it, of course. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, real quick, before we end, I know we're a little past our normal time. There's one subject I want to address, which... I'm sure if you've been watching this video, you've seen, and uh, we've referenced it a couple of times, but Kyle does have a new cowboy hat on his head. And I'm just <laughs> curious, Kyle, I want to ask you, it was a bold choice because I had no idea that you were actually interested in cowboy hats. And I know that they right. they do, they, people collect them and it is you know, a pretty popular uh, personal item, but what drew you to go out <laughs> and finally buy one? So I've been searching for a solid half a year. I've been researching hats. Wow. You got to respect the hat to, to wear the hat, you know, the lifestyle, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, been looking at land, kind of want the out of spec ranch. And I thought, well, you, yes, you kind of need a hat. Um, and, you know, I didn't want just like any off the shelf hat. This is, you know, I have a couple like straw basic hats, but for your really nice hat. I don't know. I don't know if I did not know if I could pull it off or not. I'm still not sure, but I've worn it all day today. It's great. So I went up to Wyoming. <laughs> I found like a custom hat maker. We spent all morning shaping it, getting the right materials down, the right band. I wanted it understated. So very premium, very understated. Uh, and so to me, I think it's just a representation of the Western lifestyle that I've appreciated. I don't want to come off as I herd cattle and I work on a farm all day long. That's not this type of hat. Anyway, <laughs> this is a, a beaver hat. Uh, what I wanted to show was that I at least appreciate Western culture. I live out here now and I look really funny getting out of my smart car. And I think that's really what it comes down to. You did to. it for the clicks. I knew it. The smart car. Clicks. Well, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to ever wear it in a video. And then I took it off before this podcast. I went, ah, what the fuck? stay on. Well, it does look good. It works. You, I think you can pull it off. So I think I my round head yes. helps quite a bit. The modern glasses, though, with the cowboy yeah, hat. It's a weird, it. yeah, the weird mix. <laughs> Somehow I think it works. But, I actually yeah, was, I did, it was not look, causing any issues on my idea. At least I thought it was fine. Look, I kind of feel pretty cool getting out of the diesel sprinter with my cowboy hat, though. I think that works pretty well. <laughs> Is there a name for that specific hat style you have? Or yes, I can't remember. Oh. You have, so basically, you uh -oh, get a hat eight hours you in. Shape it, you shape it into the certain styles, and I chose the traditional style, but I can't remember the name of it. I was not aware there was so much customization and personalization to those hats. Like they had to be fitted to your head and all that. So that is something new that I just learned. I've been thinking up cowboy hat quotes, and I think this is my favorite one. A hat can define a man, or the man can define a hat. <laughs> that is a car commercial right there. <laughs> the, Lord on the, commercial. the new Ford Bronco. <laughs> yeah, do you drive a Ford Bronco? You need that is a Bronco these. hat. <laughs> love it hey I, I we're gonna have one to test soon i'm gonna wear the hat yes perfect i can't wait for that 
Well, awesome. thank you for bringing up my hat. I, it's still a little bit self-conscious. Went to dinner and was like, people are kind of looking at me a little weird. And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of got to own it if I'm going to do well, it. Well, it's also no. a Wednesday night. Like if you went to dinner on a Saturday night, it probably would fit in. Like, oh, we're going, this is going out hat. This is a I fine gotta tell you, Mike, I don't know what hat. to do though. I'm driving down the road and there's just a whole bunch of ladies chasing me. I'm like having to run around everywhere. It's just a side <laughs> effect of wearing the hat. Don't know what to tell you. Fort Collins life. Awesome. That's right. Well, <laughs> thanks for a great episode. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, check out our other stuff. We are out of spec in a lot of places, but especially here on Twitter, um, as well as YouTube. We have a variety of channels. We're doing writing. We're doing a lot of things. Um, of course, we've got Kyle with It's Kyle Connor on Twitter. Ben at Benji underscore OOS. And uh, Mike is M underscore Breeling. And I am Jordan underscore Schiefer. So again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you very soon in another episode. Did you say something? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, since we're still recording, I just wanted to say every time I get out of a car that you've connected your phone to, it says Chief Sheaf. And I love that. That should be your Twitter yep. handle. Now you can end the recording. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.